welcome to Inside Motorsport. It's moments after race one here at Pukukoi. And I'm looking at two sheets of paper with Jonathan Mori, one of the partners in M2. And these two pieces of paper have something in common. Because when you look down the list, oh, car numbers, 1, 3, 33, 17, 6. But then you look at the far right-hand column, and both qualifying and the race result, and they have one thing in common. All four of the top cars are all prepared and run by M2 competition. This is the sort of domination that, oh no, the series doesn't need this. No, no, this is what you aim for. Not always achieved, but Jonathan, well done, congratulations. Thank you. It's a grand staking point for the weekend. I think, yeah, it was good. It was, uh, it was interesting because we all started from a blank sheet of paper here in Pukakuri, having not, well, we haven't been here before as a, as a, a team and the last time the series came was a very long time ago. The track was different and so it was really a blank sheet of paper for everyone. So we put a, a fair bit of effort into that and I think as a team it was a, a good effort. Um, everybody's worked really well, the drivers have worked well as well. We, um, we uh, performed in quali which was the biggest thing I think here because it's not that easy to overtake. I mean as we've seen in the race after that you have to take big risks yep. to overtake so the, the objective was really quali and, um, and we did well and in the race we... Uh, we got the result as well, it's very nice, always nice to have one, two, three, four, uh, yeah. especially when the competition is at this, this level in terms of uh, uh, um, preparation and, and The gap's experience. so tight in qualifying. That's yeah. the thing, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the, the circuit is quite short, so the gaps are not very big, so you have to nail it um, yeah. uh, on that lap. Now, uh, because it's a bumpy track, or like Chris Pivis says, these guys don't know what bumpy is, because he was here in 05 when it was before. extremely bumpy. Um, but... Um, on a bumpy track and one that's as high speed and there's so much 100% throttle, it's very important that not only uh, coping with bumps but also getting the drive. Um, so those are the things you chase. I mean, obviously stability under braking because there are a couple of big braking points. Um, yeah, in well, this circuit is different to the previous ones. Um, at the end, we try. And it's a, it's a, a program that we put together. Again, it's new. We didn't have data or very limited data. So we had to go along during the, the two days and, and try to, to learn as much as possible what we had to put the priority on. And I think we did that relatively well for, for Quali and then for the race after that. So um, it's different requirements from the previous tracks, but it's not that far at the same time. So I think overall... The philosophy is um, relatively the same. Also, the regulations are more limited than in Europe uh, with, with yep. the car, which is quite a good thing. Um, but it means we don't have that much changes, we, or we cannot do that many changes uh, from one track to another. So, Knowing that engineers are like race drivers, that they're never satisfied. Oh, yes, that's terrific. Put it away. Don't touch it or any of that sort of thing. Um, but you already could see that where there are changes sort of thing, where things that you can make that small improvement? Yes, I think, uh, well, Thursday was really about learning the track for the drivers yeah. and for us as well, for everyone. And then on Friday, we, we tried a couple of things, nothing nothing major, but um, it was about... On, there was a lot of work on Thursday evening, let's put it that way. To, yeah. Once we, we had the data and, and the, we had the videos and the drivers, etc., then it was a lot clearer what we had to do and, and where we wanted to, what we wanted to try, mainly, which defined the direction after that. Liam talked earlier, I spoke to him just after uh, qualifying, he talked earlier about how he went a bit early in qualifying. And obviously, uh, Igor and, and Liam traded blows for six, eight, ten laps sort of thing. Um, and that's obviously fantastic for the people watching. Um, you know, it makes your job fraught because obviously there's always that opportunity where this could not go. But um, 
that could be a change that you'd make is just going a bit later I mean they're very short qualifying seasons they're quite short Um, to be honest across the six cars we had a bit of everything compared to the other teams as well we went with some cars early some cars went late relatively late like as late as the other teams there was a bit of a mix I think it's mainly driver preference really on that side there is no specific uh, science or anything anything specific behind it so no no it's a uh, qualifying is easier to manage as well because you don't have the, the risk uh, or not as much as in the race so it's yeah. less stressful for us the, it's the result that is stressful it's, did we do a job or not and, and that's the main thing really Alright so you're running 1-2 and two in the competition um, that's obviously the way you'd like to leave Pukekohe and head to Manfield 1-2-3 would be nice yes yeah. um, right. I think we're catching up now um, yeah, that's, that's the target, as much as we can. Uh, we have a, a good start now, we just need to keep going and capitalise on this weekend to set ourselves correctly for the last week. I think that's the main thing. All right, well, thank you, Jonathan Moray of uh, M2 Competition. We'll maybe talk again tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I hope so. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm with Liam Lawson just moments after he's taken his second pole position in the four rounds to date of 2020 TRS. Liam, um, a very close session and obviously had to fight all the way. Yeah, very, very tight. As, as always, this track is um, being a very small track, a bit like in Chicago. The times are always very, very close, so we um, did a lot of work overnight to focus on having a good car for today. Um, I think we, we didn't maximise the session still. We have a little bit more to find um, in terms of my build-up. The, the, the warm-up procedure wasn't quite there, but um, yeah, managed to rag a lap out of it at the end, and I'm very happy with, with Paul. You, you and your teammate Igor Fraga were dicing for probably five, six or more laps, um, trading blows, so to speak. Yeah. So tell us about you. You actually had taken pole, and Mark Pilcher came on on the radio and told you. Yeah. So we took pole. Uh, oh, well, we 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 went quickest quite early on, too early. This is the the thing that we need to fix for tomorrow because it was very early in the run. Um, and then I couldn't really go much quicker than that. It was very steady. And then Igor went quicker again. So um, I had to. Basically, <clears throat> yeah, I did a cool down and, and um, basically cooled the tyres down as much as I could, then did another push um, and managed to go quicker. So it's very, very close as always. Um, as Yeah, as I said, as all the rounds have been like this, um, we need to focus on making sure we maximise it because if we don't and we miss it by a little bit, we won't be, probably won't even be on the front row, we'll be in a couple of rows back. You've also had, as well as having two poles, you've been on the front row at least three or four times. Um, which is obviously an advantage then to uh, take these races. Yeah, we've we've always been strong. So this so far this season anyway has been very strong so far on quality. Um, if we haven't been on the front row, we've been very close. So um, yeah, I think that um, it's yeah we've we've done everything right so far. Obviously, we're not leading the championship anymore, but um, we plan to try and close the gap as much as we can this weekend. Yep. Um, but I think, yeah, as I said, we've, we've done everything right. We've um, been consistent, which is the main thing. Um, something out of our control has taken the, the lead away from us, but um, that's racing and that happens. So we, we, we won't change anything. We keep doing what we're doing because it's working um, and see yeah, see if we can close the gap. Having the win last year in the 2019 TRS obviously gave you, a, um, um, opened some books, doors for you in Europe. Um, 
that changed things for you dramatically, didn't it? Well, this championship is what basically um, kick-started my career in, in a way because uh, leading into TRS last year, I had no plans. We had plans, but we had no idea how we were going to come up with the money or um, nothing was set in stone as to what I was doing. So I didn't know racing on the first weekend what I was doing or through the whole series what I was doing afterwards. So, um, But this championship is basically what gave me the, the Red Bull contract um, and was what sorted out last year so um, yeah it's a very very important championship and that's why I'm back here to do it again alright well we look forward to you and uh, more than likely we'll uh, chat to you uh, very soon again thank you it's uh, round 4 of the 2020 TRS and I'm with Chris Pither who is the DSO and uh, he uh, he's got a fairly large job because nowhere in the world does anyone have such a diverse array of countries let alone sort of driving experience as you've got, Chris. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a big job. Um, I've been in the role now for basically two and a half seasons, and um, things have evolved along the way. But uh, so far this season, it's been it's been really good. The driving standards have been um, very high, and and although there've been a little few little uh, hiccups along the way, which are always to be expected when when you've got young guys trying hard, um, it's been it's been really good overall. Some of these kids, of course, have barely been in uh, wings and slicks cars. Some of them, of course, are almost straight out of cards. Then you've got guys like Henning Enquist, who comes from LMP, who's obviously experienced in fast um, sports cars, but suddenly he's on bumpy tracks and he's with a car and close and it's all very different. So there's obviously something about you've got to get the story to them as to how we act in those circumstances. Yeah, for sure. So, so a big part of my role, I guess, and, and, and my mindset coming into the, the season is that the better I can educate the guys pre-season, the, the easier the job's going to be and, 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 and you know the drivers are going to understand the expectations on circuit once they get out there. And, and for guys coming from different regions around the world, different different categories, obviously um, you know their, their view or, or, or the way they've uh, been... Um, you know the rules are being viewed in, in different countries may vary slightly, so it's important that they understand the expectations here in New Zealand for TRS, and uh, and can race accordingly. So, um, my main fo- focus for the for the year is to to have a really detailed pre-season briefing, and that's typically you know an hour or so long, and and we go through all the basics to to more detailed stuff around the the driving code of conduct, what's expected um, in a normal passing scenario. So it's very clear cut to the drivers and team managers and. And um, that, if that goes well, I think uh, we're seeing the results for that now with some great close racing, and, and I think it's um, been a good season so far. And this at Pukekohe being the fourth round of TRS, um, it's an iconic track, and obviously been the scene of battles all the way back to the 60s and Tasman days. Um, but it's very different in character, isn't it, to Hampton, Teratonga and Highlands? It certainly is, yeah. So, so I actually competed the first season of TRS back in two thousand and five and raced here back in the F two forty days, and uh, and the, the the category hasn't been back here again since. So, um, I've got a bit of an idea of what the these style of cars is, is like, I guess, to drive around this track. And uh, the guys are all complaining about the bumps, but. Um, I've got to remind them. I've like. got to remind them that they're at least fifty percent better than what they used <laughs> to be. So, um, you know, I guess it's the nature of the cars too. The cars have evolved; that they're different, and um, it's just the, the general characteristic of Pukekohe Park. And um, in some ways, it's what I what I love about it. It's what it gives its its its, uh, its character, and and you know, it's just a different challenge for the for the drivers and engineers to to deal with. But 
ultimately, I think the, the circuit here um, typically provides some pretty exciting and close racing. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things we have to say that, you know, at uh, both at Territorial and Hampton, we were seeing seven-tenths covering the field um, in qualifying, even closer yesterday here, um, you know, just in fractions of seconds, really. And that bodes well for some good racing, but they've got to make sure that they give each other racing room and, you know, respect each other and all those sort of things. Yeah, exactly right. I, I guess the circuit itself, it's, um, uh, you, know, you know, there's a lot of uh, 100% throttle, um, throughout the lap, uh, there's there's probably the first sector and, and part of the, the the second sector, which contributes a large part of, of your lap time. You know, from turns one to four, it's big gains to be had there, um, and and five to eight, um, the rest of it's basically full throttle. So, um, what we're seeing is guys trying exceptionally hard in those areas and making some mistakes as as results of just trying to find that last hundredth of a second. So, um, yeah, in terms of, in terms of racing itself and, and the wheel to wheel racing, I think um, the guys have learned throughout the first three rounds what's expected in in, in terms of, of racing room and and uh, in terms of making um, genuine passes. So I think uh, hopefully here that will, will bode well for some, some good racing. I guess, too, that's where, where things um, to, to people at home might be um, a little bit um, confusing at times because, uh, you know, I guess when people are at home or watching it from outside they, they don't necessarily know what's been explained at driver's briefing they don't maybe have the exact rule in front of them um, to, to read and, and ultimately that's, that's all we're doing as part of the driving driving standards observer role is that um, I, I work closely with Motorsport New Zealand who also have their own driving standards advisor so myself um, uh, I work alongside their driving standards advisor as well as a race director and, and whenever there's an issue um, it's obviously looked at closely decided whether or not it's a it's a, it's a breach of the rule where where fault may may lie and then whether or not that that um, you know justifies a, a penalty and, and then on what range that penalty might might come on there's normally scope low medium or high range and that's um what we basically work together with motorsport new zealand to determine so sometimes things may not may not make sense completely from the outside but the guys in the cars and, and the guys in the teams understand what's expected in, in, in that respect all right well thank you very much to chris chris pither who joined us here at pukakoe um i think before the kickoff of manfield in the final round and there's a, a young bloke joining the series next weekend uh, Kenny Smith, uh, who starts his 49th Grand Prix, that's a new challenge for you. That's uh, that's pretty impressive. Um, <laughs> you know, he's, he's done a couple more than I have, that's for sure. And, and it was great to see Kenny, uh, you, you know, um, in, in a TRS car there last year as well. And and um, I think he'll be even more prepared this year than he than he was last year. So it's great to have Kenny out there again. All right, thanks, Chris Pivot. We're here with Liam Lawson, who had pole today and then won the race. It wasn't a conventional uh, win away, but you put a great move on uh, your teammate in Eagle Fragger, and you paid it off. But you were talking in the press conference about uh, you didn't want to be following him uh, round uh, over the start-finish line. Yeah, obviously it's very difficult to overtake here, so I knew that the start was going to be important. Um, I was able... I didn't get such a good start, so I knew the first lap was... And turn five especially was one of the few opportunities I was going to get. So um, went for it, managed to, to make the pass, and then for the rest, the car was really good in the race. And, of course, your teammate, Yugi, just helped you that little bit more by taking second place from Eagle. Yeah, he did. I was actually on the last last lap especially. I slowed down to 
give him a good toe down the back straight so he would stay in front of Igor. But um, yeah, it was a, a good finish um, and more points on the board. And it's a great way to start the weekend after the DNF of uh, Hampton Downs when obviously your heart sank and all those sort of things. Have you had any inclination as to what actually occurred there with your engine? Uh, not not completely. I heard it was turbo related, but at the end of the day, it's not up to us. It's up to Toyota. And, um, yeah. Nothing we can do about it, so um, seems right so far this weekend. Hopefully it'll uh, hang on. All right. Well, wonderfully done, Liam, and uh, I hope for your sake that we're talking again tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.